Hey, welcome to the Rusty George Podcast. I'm honored that you're taking some time to listen to this. Every Monday, we'll be coming to you answering questions that you submit. Feel free to send in a question, hashtag RG Podcast, and we'll be talking about stuff in the church, in the world, and of course, in sports. Really glad that you're here. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the second installment of Merry Conversations. And I am Josh, the online pastor at Real Life Church. And with me is Rusty George, the head pastor at Real Life Church. And uh, heavy subject today. Yeah, yeah some good stuff. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Do you want to kind of just give an introduction on the topic? Because sure. there's so much that could be said here. And sure. I, feel like... I think the best way to get at it is to tell you a story. I, I had a conversation with um, a woman in our church last weekend um, who was so excited because she brought her son uh, with her, who was home for Thanksgiving, who was raised in the church, went to college, and then lost his faith. And so he came to church last weekend, and we talked last weekend about why it is we believe what we believe, and it really comes down to Jesus died for our sins and rose from the dead. And he was really taken by that, um, and it kind of captivated his thinking about, hmm, that's, that's something that I don't necessarily disagree with. Maybe I've thrown, to use an old expression, the baby out with the bathwater. Uh, yes. So... Um, and this is kind of where this message um, wanted to go, and that is for a lot of our um, Gen Xers and Millennials, um, we grew up with a, a simple song, mm-hmm. Jesus Loves Me, This I Know, For the Bible Tells Me So. And I love that song. I sing it to my kids. <laughs> then we go to college, and if you went to a secular university, you were taught there's holes in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't a literal six day. Um, there's no evidence for a large Jewish migration, uh, like the Exodus, uh, the flood might not have been worldwide. Now here's the thing. I'm not going to say they're right or they're wrong. The problem is, is at that moment, all of us who grew up with the Bible tells me so system had a choice to make. We either choose science or we choose faith. And if we choose science, then we can't have any faith. Mm -hmm. And so we threw out Genesis and along went the book of John. We threw out Exodus and along went uh, the book of Matthew. And this message was really designed to remind us, wait a second, everything we believe hinges on a group of eyewitnesses. Mm -hmm. I don't believe Jesus died for my sin and rose from the dead and thus Jesus loves me because the Bible tells me so. I believe that because Matthew told me so, and John, and Peter, and Paul, and James, eyewitnesses. Yeah, that's that's really good, because <laughs> the Bible is just weird. I mean, it yep. can be so odd. Right. And like, I mean, you get castration in Leviticus, you get genocide in Joshua, you mm-hmm. get... Jonah getting swallowed by whatever that Hebrew word is, whale, fish, whatever you right. want to call it. <laughs> but it's those types of things that get so convoluted, and they and then we come at it with this dualistic choice that we have to make, like you said, between either science or you know faith and whatnot. And that is such – it's so unnecessary because right. both – you can't have one without the other, and especially when it comes to interpretation right. of the Bible – um, it's that kind of approach that makes it unreadable for a lot of people and unacceptable for a lot of people. Right. Um, and, and so I appreciate the discussion 
that we're having here because yeah. it, it's it, the Bible doesn't need to be defended as much as it ne- needs to be understood. I think, right. and I think once you understand the purpose mm. of some of those stories, mm. whether they were historical or not, is not really the point. The point is what the people were doing with those stories mm-hmm. and what they learned out of them. Is that kind of yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think this is where a lot of Christians that do keep their faith and choose that over science really feel overwhelmed because they think, I can't defend all that. And the moment something comes out about how old the earth is or whatever, mm-hmm. there's a sense of, oh, goodness, I can't defend that. I'm not going to choose that, mm-hmm. so I'm just not going to say anything. Yeah. When really, science and faith can work together. And I, I love Dr. Hugh Ross, who we've had at Real Life several times, that gives us such great clarity in how they do work together. Yeah. Um, and how we can, you know, kind of understand that. But I guess, you know, the main thing I would want, you know, Gen Xers and millennials, but this is not just those of us in our age group and younger, Mm -hmm. um, it's everybody to know is it's not really based around this leather bound book that we have on our shelves. It's based around eyewitness accounts that those accounts were written down long before there ever was a Bible. There Mm -hmm. were Christians in a flourishing church for 300 yeah. years before we actually com- compiled it all into a Bible. Yeah. Now, does that mean I don't believe the Bible? No. <laughs> does right. that mean that I, I don't think um, that it's worth reading? Absolutely not. I love the Bible and I love the Old Testament because Jesus took it serious, uh, which is what we said today. So yeah. I, I really want us to understand it the, you know, kind of the, the right way and that it starts with Jesus. Yeah. And then we build on it there with the eyewitnesses. And then from there, we read everything in light of that. Mm-hmm. Nobody came to faith because we gave them the book of Genesis, and they said, oh, that's cool. What's next? Okay, here's the book of Exodus. <laughs> Chronologically. Yeah, and we go all the way through Malachi. Then we go, now you got to wait 400 years. Right. And then then Jesus. No, it starts with Jesus, and then the rest of it we understand. Yeah, and we throw around a lot of these quotes that like defend the, the Bible's, you know, whatever, inspiration or inerrancy or, or whatnot. But... The Bible that Jesus is working, Jesus didn't have Paul. He didn't have the letters of Paul. Right. He didn't have First Timothy or Second Timothy that we often quote to defend like the truthfulness of Scripture or whatever. He had the Old Testament, and right. and he was working from that Scripture. And so even the Bible in itself wasn't even around in its completion that we have today when Jesus and his disciples were around. Correct. Right. Correct. Right. And and many people when they say they're defending the Bible fail to recognize that they're actually defending a particular theology or interpretation of the Bible. Right. And our way of understanding it, I think is more of the problem than scripture itself. Mm -hmm. Uh, How we understand the Bible is not the same thing as the Bible itself. And oftentimes that can be a serious obstacle for mm-hmm. people who are interested in following Jesus, but just can't get past all these discrepancies and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But we, we also have to realize that there are, I, I think there are four Gospels for a reason. I think mm-hmm. they give us four different, I think, equally truthful pictures of who Jesus was, what he was here to do, and what he expects from us right. uh, in turn. Uh, and there's room for that diversity. And there's room for uh, people who are, I think, theistic evolutionists, mm-hmm. such as myself, or mm-hmm. like Hugh Ross, who is kind of in the middle. And, you know, respect to people who believe the earth is 6,000 years old. I mean, you right. know, it's right. Th- th- there is a conversation there, not a coercive, right. you know, belief that you have to ascribe to in order to be Christian. Yes. I think at the end of the day, we have to get down to what's essential and important. And nobody gets into heaven because they believe that a six-day creation versus not, or a literal flood or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are things that we take seriously because Jesus did, 
But there are well-meaning Christians on both sides of that argument. What does matter is the divinity of Christ. Yeah. That's what we get from the eyewitnesses. Uh, I was in an airport one time, and uh, it was one of those times when you're at a little place to eat there, and there's just no tables. And so I'm sitting there at a table, two chairs, and a guy walks up, and he says, can I sit here with you? Because there was no other chair. I said, sure. So we start talking, and eventually it comes up what I do. Um, and it was one of those times he did not run. He actually engaged uh, <laughs> and started talking. And he said, you know, I just, I really have tr struggles with the Bible. I don't, you know, I don't understand it all. It makes sense to me. There's a lot of weird stories. And I just said, you know, for me, it all comes down to one thing. Did Jesus come back from the dead? And he said, I never thought about it that way. And I said, yeah, because if he did, then we take his word seriously. If he didn't, then he's like another David Koresh or somebody like that who claims something and couldn't pull it off. Yeah, yeah. And if he did, then everything else is, I mean, that's the lead domino then everything else falls in a line. And so I can be comfortable with the Old Testament based upon the fact that Jesus was. So I, I kind of presented it to him like that. And he was very intrigued, asked a lot of questions, and we were able to correspond a little bit. And I sent him some books. And I'd, I'd love to know how that turned out. I don't know. Hopefully in heaven, I'll, I'll see him. Um, but that was the more important thing rather yeah. than the age of the earth. Yeah, the texts are there to be used critically and actualized in the current experience right. that you find yourself in. And I... I, I agree with you with the with the witnesses thing. I'm less interested in what Paul, James, or Peter meant by wrote they, what they wrote. I'm more interested in how they wrote it and how Jesus came to completely reorient mm. their lives and the way in which they related and experienced right. the world around them and the way in which they interpreted their own scripture at that time, the Old Testament, like you said. Right. They didn't expect Israel's Messiah to be weak they did or you know to lose and to be defeated by a brutal roman crucifixion um and they certainly didn't expect him to rise three days later and right. so the way that that just completely turned their life around mm -hmm. um and changed the way that they saw the world and saw other people like gentiles right. like us right um i think was what the heart of the matter was right and, and if that's what we're carrying to scripture i think we're carrying something right Right. So, can, can you imagine, and we have a disadvantage here because of where we live and we've got the leather bound book and we've read the whole thing, you know? Yeah. And because we weren't raised Jewish. But think about these guys like Peter and Paul who were raised Jewish and had all those stories from the Old Testament. And then when it finally clicks for them, oh my goodness, Jesus was the fulfillment of all of that. Can you imagine... I call it a sixth sense moment, you know, the end of sixth yeah. sense when you're like, oh, you know, he was dead. So, uh, sorry if I ruined it, but you've had, you've had 20 years to see it. So, but, you know, it's that moment. I can't imagine how that must have just made everything they'd ever learned growing up make sense um, in, the, in a, just a moment. And we're still trying to figure it out. But for them, it was just it was a game changer obviously yeah yeah and that's the beauty of the part of the christian story is that we have that development right and we get to we get the honor of continuing that in our own day and age and Absolutely. in our own communities and i think those are the things that we should be conversing on not the finer points about what have you the levitical code or you know <laughs> like, like you like to say the ark of the covenant like the measurements or whatever or <laughs> whether david was a real person in israel or you know like right. uh, those are, those are great conversations to have, but they're not critical to defend. Like it, it just, like you said, it all hinges back on the fact that Jesus is who he says he was and he can really change the world and he invites us to do it along with him. Right. So to wrap this up by going back to the original story with the woman whose son went off to college and lost his faith, 
here's what my hope is for my kids. I hope they leave home and go off to school, wherever that might be, though I'm pushing for Ozark Christian College, of course, <laughs> OCC.edu. Um, I hope they go off to school with the belief and a relationship with Jesus. And they can defend their faith. But if a professor starts poking holes in the Old Testament or anything, they would be able to have a conversation with him and say, oh, that's very interesting. Well, what about this? What about that? And even if they're somehow persuaded that the earth might be older than they thought going into it, they don't lose their relationship with Jesus because they know the validity of the eyewitnesses. And it doesn't change how they view the Bible yeah. because they see it as a way to help us understand Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Thanks for that message, man. It's an important, uh, important conversations to have. So thank you. Thank you, Josh. And, uh, thank you everybody for listening in and we will see you next week. Hey, thanks so much for listening. We're really glad that you chose to be part of the podcast. Again, submit your questions to hashtag RG podcast. And we'd love for you to go to iTunes and to write a review of the podcast. That helps us out so much. Spread the word, share it with others. And we'll talk to you next time.